This is episode 96 of the Rev Thinking Podcast. I'm Joel Pilger. You can uh, sort of have a vibe for the future that you want and kind of mold it in a, in a kind of a gentle way with little steps each day. And yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's very satisfying. Welcome to Rev Thinking, the podcast for creative entrepreneurs who know the best way to deal with the future is to create it. Mr. Darren Price is the executive creative director and founder at Mighty Nice. Now, Mighty Nice is the Sydney-based animation studio, now recognized as one of the industry leaders in Australia for creative animated solutions. The studio was co-founded, actually, by Nexus Productions in London and Darren. Darren was their one-time head of 3D and got 3D off the ground there at Nexus, who I'm sure you're familiar with. Now, Darren likes to say this. He says he reckons that animation is like beer or sunshine. With enough of it, everything starts to look good. Technically brilliant, strong in narrative, and beautiful to watch. Its similarities to beer quickly end, but animation does add charm, wit, and sophistication to any project. Well, it's been my privilege to bring to you and have this conversation with Darren, but also to be working with him uh, personally one-on-one over the past year. So I've been very fortunate to get an inside look at Darren as an individual, at his business, and how he runs it. And I have to say, Darren is one of these people that I not only respect as an incredibly talented creative, but also as a very thoughtful kind and awesome individual. And it's no surprise that Mighty Nice is successful with him at the helm. But that doesn't mean the journey has been easy or simple. And Darren fortunately tells us a lot about what this journey has been like for him. And some of the things that he's still learning, some of the areas where he's growing and maturing and things that he's mastering even at the stage where he's at in his career now. So with that, I hope you enjoy this really fun conversation that I enjoyed a whole lot with Darren Price. I, I remember I was in my meeting room at work and I just remember being, I'd listened to your podcast a lot at that time and I was so excited to be in touch and your, uh, just hearing your voice for real and I just felt like there was this special friend from my little Spotify podcast that actually exists it's not an imaginary friend he's real look and so I was just re- really excited actually and just really honored to be chatting to you yeah <laughs> so amongst amongst your vast panoply of imaginary characters that you do spend time with this one turned out to be real I know what are the chances uh, <laughs> Well, I I remember it somewhat vividly because I was staying at a VRBO in Los Angeles, right on like just a stone's throw from the beach. And I was this fabulous pool at the place we were staying. And I remember being on the phone with you and and we had this moment when we both realized, wait, I'm going to be in Sydney in like two weeks. (laughs) And and you were like... (laughs) Really? <laughs> what? And you want to get together? I'm like, sure. So all of a sudden, this this voice from a podcast is, you know, in a, in a span of a few weeks, is actually in your conference room, and we're we're hanging out and having a chat. Yeah, yeah, that was wild. It was wild. It was such good timing. And I think you were saying there's a lot going on in Australia. I didn't, you know, I've got to come. <laughs> that was, well, uh, I, interesting. I, it, it's interesting you say that because I will say that I did say that at that time. And that's only increased. And I don't know what's like what's in the water down there or if it's something about the fact that when you flush the toilet, the water goes in the opposite direction. (laughs) But uh, it's there is something really special happening, I think, um, in the region, I'll call it. And of course, I um, I would say Mighty Nice is playing a very, very big part in that. Or we all need help down here, Joel. <laughs> you can see it that way as well. <laughs> yeah, something special or... <laughs> well, no. the good news is I... The, here's the thing, right? The work is outstanding. 
the work is outstanding. All of these creative companies, of course, they may or may not be as successful on the business side. So that's where, of course, I'm happy to help. But I, I have no business uh, getting into the creative side. Uh, that's I did that in my former life, but you guys are w just light years beyond anything I ever did. So it's with a that, time. <laughs> yes, it is for sure. Well, here's what I was uh, going to ask you to do. Maybe for someone that has never uh, seen Mighty Nice or seen your work or knows what the studio is, what's your what's your quick version if you were to tell us about Mighty Nice? Yeah, so I guess Mighty Nice is a collaborative team of people working within a studio in Sydney, Australia. We are primarily focused on animation, but um, are pretty broad-minded in the way we approach every project. So using different um, mediums for each one, lots of different techniques and different directors, different, you know, we, we, we like that sort of model of being a studio where we're like uh, the Avengers, we bring together the right team for that mission. Um, and we, we have such, um, such cool uh, talent in the studio that we kind of um, think of ourselves as a team on nearly every project, even if there is a distinct director directorial voice on a project, we kind mm -hmm. of all, um, or, or help each other. So, yeah, I think um, we, we, we like to think of ourselves as having um, acting as a unified director, um, but with the, you know, broader resources and um, uh, team that a studio offers. Or a, yeah. And that's an interesting distinction. Uh, would you, do you tend to credit the work that coming out, coming out of Mighty Nice as directed by Mighty Nice, or is it directed by the director's name? It's a, it's a bit of a mix, to be honest. We're not as strict on that as some studios. I think um, some projects are definitely directed by Mighty Nice, where everyone's had, you know, so often there's a mixed media project where one shot is done by one uh, animator or director, the next by another in that sort of pass it on style of exquisite corpse animation. And that sort of stuff feels like very much by Mighty Nice. And other projects is a bit more subtle where there's, you know, an art director has a very strong voice next to a animation director is doing a bit of performance stuff. And then again, that also feels like directed more by Mighty Nice than anyone in particular and it feels more fair um, and and possibly I've done all the writing on a pitch to win that project and then you know done done some concept script work it, it gets a bit blurry as to you know who should be the the lead on on some projects and then others are very clear and it's like this is Mike's style or this is Bonnie's thing and they've really directed this so it's um yeah, I think I like the flexibility of that. It's probably a bit confusing, but uh, yeah, that's how we how we approach it, just project by project. So I was going to mention, there was a podcast that you shared with me a few months back, and I can't remember where it was, so remind us, because it was a great overview, I think, of all the story and the history, and I thought, rather than cover that ground again, I, we should just reference that podcast for anyone that wants to listen to that but can you refresh my memory yeah great yeah that was a podcast i did uh for masters of motion so if you look up the masters of motion i think.com.au uh you can find a podcast um where where we do run through the history of the studio quite um clearly yeah and there's a lot of lot of interesting stuff in there it was quite a good long interview with, uh, it was i i was actually quite impressed uh it was is that matthew that uh interviewed you right and he asked some really yes. good questions but when i listened to that podcast i thought well wow you really answered some great questions there's no need for me to try and cover that you know ground again because it was well done but i i really appreciated how um candid you were in that interview because i i let's just say this i know quite a few owners that would not be that comfortable being that transparent about a, a lot of 
what, what was in that episode. So uh, thank you for that. <laughs> ah, no worries. I'm going to have to listen to it again. I can't remember what I was candid about. <laughs> Ter- terrifying, Joe. <laughs> right. You're like, wait, what did I say? And, yeah, what did I say? <laughs> well, I, here, here's, um, here's where I would love to maybe start is, is, is maybe a good launching off point uh, is almost picking up that conversation that's already out there but segueing to this kind of a question. And it's this, it's if I'm someone listening and I, and I was to see uh, Mighty Nice and look at the body of work and so forth, I would obviously walk away saying, wow, really beautiful animation work and character work. Clearly this is what this <clears throat> studio is great at. But I'm curious to know, how would you define what it is that the studio is really doing, or maybe what is your role in it? Meaning, yes, you produce, let's say, TVCs or promos or you know, commercials is what we call them here in the U.S., right? Um, but on a deeper level, what is it that you actually get up and do every day on a daily <laughs> basis? Yeah, I mean... It, now it, it's evolved a lot over the years, I guess. And I did start, you know, doing exactly that, just making beautiful characters and doing animation hands-on myself. And, you know, but we've been going for 13 years now. And so that has evolved. And I, yeah, I guess I now see myself as some something of a, a team leader, of course, but like, Maybe like a circus ringleader. That could be a <laughs> a good way to put it. I, I like try and develop the 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 young talent. You know, like fight, work with people, make a safe place for creativity to kind of thrive. I think about the the, the studio as a uh, you know as a team and trying to find those sort of talented freaks, the 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 bearded ladies, and the <laughs> no no you know like. Not the Island of Misfit Toys. They're, they're very, yeah, the Island of Misfit Toys. And um, yeah, and, and kind of c- cultivate um, a cool place for everyone to, you know, be able to do their thing. And I guess I see that as a big role of mine as a creative director. I guess it's, you know, trying to get uh, people in the right position where they can have the um, kind of project that will allow them to do their thing. And then once they're in that position helping them do it, I guess, to, um, in, in a way that, uh, is evolving their skills all the time. I try and just give little nudges and things across the project. I, day to day, I'm often doing a lot of phone calls, um, on projects. I'm pitching on work, writing a lot of treatments, building documents, all of that sort of thing. Um, and then presenting those pitches on those said phone calls, uh, and then just doing um, a lot of dailies meetings. I'm often directing a couple of jobs myself, so uh, running dailies on those jobs and kind of reviewing um, projects and things. Um, having production catch-ups with our our key team to kind of just talk about all the the projects in the studio at the moment which ones are going well, which ones are going badly, what needs attention. <laughs> um, and I, I, I guess like then there's, there's sort of a whole lot of business type stuff as well. Like, <laughs> you know, there's, there's often just like, I've, I've got help in a lot of those roles, but there's often little things that need um, signatures or, or attention or payments to be made and all of that kind of thing as well. Yeah, lots, lots of, still lots of hats. I've tried to, <laughs> I've tried to run through a lot of your techniques of uh, establishing my genius and going, yes. this is what I should, this is what I should be doing. But uh, there's still, there's still many hats to be worn in a, any one day. Yeah, it's interesting just to hear you describe that because uh, <clears throat> I think there's, there's this illusion that we have, of course, right? When you start a company and you think, okay, I'm just going to get to do creative work all the time when I run my own business. And as the company succeeds, yes, you 
you are able to do that and at a very high level, which is extremely satisfying. But there's so many things there that you just described that I would say there are decisions that are very difficult to delegate. And it's amazing as your company grows, not only the number of decisions that are coming at you, but the pace, right? The speed (laughs) at which they come at you uh, can be daunting. Yeah, yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, it's the pace and volume of stuff that um, possibly you're not that controlling in that much in control of the balance of um, the type of work you want to be doing versus the type of stuff that you have to be doing. And and, uh, yeah, quite often by about three or four in the afternoon, I'm like, I haven't done anything I really want to do. And, you know, those sort of um, feelings per day are a little bit um, confronting, I guess, that you're not you're not managing stuff properly, but it's, um, yeah, it just everything takes a lot of time and you think, oh, I could just write a few emails about this. You know, two hours later, it's like, oh, man. <laughs> I thought that would take five minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a difficult, um, tricky balance, I guess. And there's a lot, yeah, there's a lot. Well, I'm curious, when you look back and think of your origins and from where you come from, I'm always curious to know, were either of your parents business people, entrepreneurs doing their own thing? Uh, no, they were kind of the opposite, I think. <laughs> my, my father was in the Air Force and, okay. you know, that is... Um, that was that was amazing for me in that we got to travel a lot. But I would say there was, he had a very structured work life. It was a, an institution, so you know you know what to wear, how to act, what time you knock off, what time you turn up. It's it's um, it's a fairly clear um, career that's so different to what I do, uh, and it and it's kind of the opposite of being entrepreneurial i'm sure within the air force there were things that he would he was doing and instigating that were were quite interesting and probably um you know driven by by him but um yeah just as an overall structure and mindset the military is probably quite different to running an animation studio so yeah i was going to just uh talk about my mum as well and she um is Irish and had come to Australia and kind of married into this Air Force uh, lifestyle. And I guess, um, you know, that's moving every couple of years. It's it's hard to build a career. She did very well kind of finding roles, but it was always um, a little bit more uh, what she could get or what she could find more secretarial type, type stuff and things. But um, loved supporting my art and that that kind of thing, but possibly um, just just amazed that I was doing it at all, and and uh, anything like that, it was perplexing and amazing. So, <laughs> you know, a good support, but not really anyone to look up to to go. Okay, this is how you do it. Right. Okay. Well, there's an interesting thing there, maybe that we have in common. I didn't realize until just now. My dad was in the Air Force in the, here in the states. Um, oh, wow. But yeah, when I was born, though, he had begun flying for Delta Airlines as a pilot and spent his entire career very similarly, very structured, very much a path that's prescribed and laid out for you in advance for many years. But uh, but he and my mom always sensed that there was something more out there for them. And in a way, they had this idea of, well, if we could do it all over again, we would, would want to do something more fun and more interesting. And that, that in that way, they dreamed their dream into me. So even though they weren't the example, they very much celebrated my creativity and said, oh, you're going to do something amazing someday. And I'm hearing maybe a similar story with you. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, uh, no, I think, <laughs> I'm not sure. I think they always hoped I'd become an engineer or a lawyer or something quite like, like I was, I was very into um, drawing uh, computer games, fantasy, and sci-fi novels, and movies, and you know, I my head was 
all all up in that. But I was also quite good at maths and physics and that kind of thing. And they they just saw that. Like that was oh, thank God. He'll be fine. He can be an engineer. And like I actually started studying engineering. And I, I think even <laughs> and then I then that, that all imploded and I ended up doing design and animation, etc. Uh <laughs> but I, I think even after I'd finished studying design and animation for years, my my parents were still probably holding out. Maybe now he'll become a lawyer. You know, like <laughs> could right. still happen. Yeah. <laughs> I don't well, know. You- you, people can't see, you know, you and I are on Zoom right now, so they can't see my face and how much I'm just having such a laugh over this because I'm realizing in some funny ways that you're this brother from another mother in a way because I also went into university as an engineer, as a physics major. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, after two years, yes, that all imploded. And then I found industrial design, which was the creative version of a degree inside of a uh, you know, STEM st- study, as we call it here in the States. Sim- just very ironic how similar it was. But within a few years, I was I was making money doing creative work, and my parents said, okay, I think he's going to be okay. <laughs> so did it take some time for you to gain enough traction where they, they gave up on the dream of you being a lawyer? I, yeah, it took a little while. I think um, they saw, you know, early jobs in video games and stuff like that didn't quite, like, you know rest there <laughs> have the, have the, have, uh, put them at ease but I, I think I think it, it took a little while but they they've always been really supportive like they're really my dad is now a just full-time longboard surfer he he just he's always loved nature and and um, has had sort of um, a love of living life the way you want to live it and I think similar to your um, parents in that they dream of, of being free one day. They they managed to do that. And, you know, I think uh, it, they, they haven't been non-supportive. It's just, uh, yeah, it was just different than what they thought. And it took a while, <clears throat> took a while to come around. Excuse well, me, it, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Well, it makes me wonder now if, uh, in a way, you now being what I'll call a creative entrepreneur, running your own studio, uh, if, is there, is there that freedom component that you, maybe your parents were always seeking it, you've been seeking it as well, do you feel like you're finding it? Uh, <clears throat> I mean, just taking it back to my parents, I think they, they would probably, now they're worried that I'm, I'm working too hard at it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, there, there was probably a sweet spot in the middle where I was animating and like I had a skill and I was applying it and I was working as a freelancer and doing well, going on lots of holidays. And they were like, yeah, he's done that. He's made the, he's free. And uh, yeah, probably less so since I started the business. But um, yeah, like I, I think that they're, Freedom is something that um, was a big driver for me throughout all of my dreams of of becoming an animator and becoming an artist and then even running a studio. Freedom is at the core of a lot of those decisions because you want to be free to create. You want to um, f- be free to choose the kind of work you want to do or, or to the type of uh, animation you want to make and to make decisions for yourself and things like that. So I think that I have achieved like a lot of those, the, a lot of that freedom. And uh, certainly like there were times in the, a few years ago where um, the business was uh, finding it a bit more difficult than it is today, uh, where I didn't feel that free <laughs> you know there's 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 ups and downs uh running a business and and you can you can feel like oh my god it's overwhelming i'm 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 this is the opposite of what i ever dreamed um in terms of freedom but gaining uh momentum and 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 sort of a little bit of a little bit more scale and a, and a lot of processes and um control and also just experience and seeing how the industry has um, fluctuated. It's gone up and down. It's given me a lot of confidence 
recently that I feel quite free again. <laughs> Probably, hmm. you know, it's uh, yeah, I definitely. Even though I'm, I'm still, I'm probably doing more work than ever, and and the, the business is is asking a little bit more of me than ever. So I do feel um, a bit of freedom recently, which is nice. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I'm 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 curious for you to maybe unpack a little bit in those years that were say more challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, when I hear that, I would say most people probably assume. Yeah, my business went through some tough years where it was really hard. We were losing pitches and we weren't selling enough and we weren't busy. But I don't want to assume that's what you mean by that. Was that the challenge you faced in those tougher years or was it something else? Uh, I think so it was a it was a number of things that all came together. I think um we were doing a lot more long form work so these um uh, that we'd kind of put on top of our existing successful commercial business um that was doing a lot of short form animation we said okay let's uh let's do some <laughs> do some long form and we were pitching it out and two series got greenlit at the same time and they were really you know really big I think I talk about this on the Masters of Motion podcast a bit, but you know, it was it was like having a, an entirely uh, new business on top of your existing one. That up until that point, it had felt like, oh, we're doing some development work on long form. It's a nice dream, but then when you actually need to deliver fifty-two episodes, it becomes very, very serious. And you know, we had great partners and a lot of support, but even still, it was a bit of a shock to be doing that as well as the commercial business was still going strong and had a lot of work happening at the same time. Um, so, and then financially, we kind of suffered a bit because of because of that as well. And so I, I think I started watching the dollars a little bit and that was a bit stressful. Um, yeah, I think like, and then probably up in my personal life, I was having a bit of trouble as well. Very busy family, um, and and wasn't feeling one hundred percent engaged with um, the business at certain points as well. You know that sort of work life balance had had, uh, <laughs> had 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 gone a bit awry. So yeah, it was many many little factors, but it all kind of culminated in man this is tricky all of a sudden. I don't feel very free at all. This is not what I, what I dreamt of. And we're going to have to um, start from s- scratch almost to rebuild ourselves a little bit after at the end of all of this big upheaval. And, uh, you know, looking back, it was amazing experience and, um, and has made us stronger than ever. But at the time, it was, it was a difficult period of change, I would say. I'm, I'm almost hearing the phrase careful what you wish for uh, (laughs) behind some of that story, right? That uh, often the studio owner has all these dreams of, Oh, it'd be great to do this and let's go do that. And sometimes those things come to pass and you realize it's not exactly what I wanted. I thought it was one thing and now it's another. And I think there's, there's, there's something ominous behind what you said when you said 52 episodes it's you're making quite a promise <laughs> and, and and the follow through and the amount of stress and decisions and all that goes with that i can imagine like you said it's running a whole nother business now on top of the business you were already running so now you've gone from 40 hour to 80 hour weeks or you know whatever else is is involved there so my my question is though when you talked a little bit about some of the transitions out of that season. You said some, what I would call particularly unsexy, if you will, <laughs> uh, <laughs> phrases, things, words, okay? Because you said uh, things I'm like... I'm good at that, Joe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, okay, I, I am too. Um, because I, I mean, again, I can relate from the years I was running my studio. And uh, I'll just say this. When you said things like... Uh, some systems, uh, certain routines, certain uh, infrastructure, these kinds of things. Those are not 
very glamorous notions, but I'm just curious to hear why are those, how have those been an effective means to escaping whatever struggle you were in for those years? Yeah, cool. I I can give a pretty good example of that, I think, because... um, I've been I've been working with these great guys, Joel and Tim, recently, <laughs> and they've helped me put in a particular system that I think is a good example. Um, <laughs> okay, no shameless Joel plugs didn't put here. me up to this, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. But um, I think like there was a point during that time when we I had so much on with the series and things. I sound really ungrateful talking about that, but um, the I do have a lot of uh, gratitude for of course, getting some TV series off the ground at the same time as as running commercials. It was amazing. But um, during that time, I think I decided I'm going to do less of the business stuff. I'm just not even going to look at my books. I'm not going to worry too much about the financials. I'm going to get someone in to, to just help do that for me and tell me, you know, just do, just do it all, please. And, uh, you know, that actually taking my eye off it um, caused some sort of uh, some issues just creatively I was making bad decisions and and actually running projects um, into the ground a little bit I was just making um, decisions that I wouldn't have when I was like had my finger on the pulse of the business I guess a bit more um, but it was a good idea to do a bit less of of that because I didn't have time. So, um, you know, I just decided zero visibility (laughs) would be the way forward. And, uh, one great thing we've done recently, um, is, is kind of build that slight process or system where I am given a little bit of visibility by our, our wonderful head producer, Tina will put together, um, you know, our, our cash flow diagram for the week um, that we just check in on, um, our roll up on all of our projects that shows which ones are running under budget, which ones are going well. And, you know, that is enough visibility, takes hardly any of my time and is just, you know, a far better decision to have a, <laughs> a process than just ignore it. Like, I don't even want to see it for months <laughs> and that you know is uh is, is super stupid obviously but um yeah like processes can uh make you uh, give you freedom and allow you to make better creative decisions and uh, so many um yeah so, so, so it's something that you just don't really uh, think of as a creative entrepreneur, as, as a creative who started a business, you don't, you don't even want to build that process. That's like, that's boring. <laughs> you know, yes. it takes a while to get around to realizing what um, your problems are. And it's just through experience, I guess, that you see it in retrospect. Well, I wonder if the lesson you learned was it's one thing to delegate and say, I'm going to hire a managing director, right? My business affairs person. And, and he or she's just going to handle all that stuff because obviously it's important, right? I need to, I need to get paid. Everyone needs to get paid. The, the machine needs to keep running, but there's a big difference between delegating and abdicating. And if you mm. abdicate, you step off. And then when you finally come back and, you hear, of course, things are blowing up and things are falling apart. And you say, what the hell happened over here? And that person, of course, you realize, I didn't actually give them what they needed. They didn't have all the authority, all the responsibility, but they also don't have the perspective and wisdom that you as the owner have, right? And you realize there's certain things you can't step off and just let, totally let go of. But maybe there's a system and a routine where if I can get Darren and Tina for 20 minutes, we can go through all the important decisions and know that everything is on track and then you get back to work. Yeah, you, I think you're absolutely right. It's, uh, you, you know, you sort of want to abdic- abdicate because it's, it's, it's clean and yes. <laughs> it's, it's an, that's an easy, quick decision. Yeah. But, um, you know, sort of delegating with, with, uh, 
with an outcome that still keeps you in the loop is obviously much smarter. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I, uh, I, I've, I've said this on occasion that when I met my business partner, Tim, and he showed me some of the tools that he had developed for a lot of these studios, I got really mad <laughs> because I said, <laughs> I said, Tim, where were you seven years ago? If I had done this, my company would be whatever, more successful. I'd, I would be retiring. I, I don't know, whatever it was. But I will say to your point, it's so true that as the creative person sort of ADD and I'm always just excited about the next deal and building a great team and I'm go, 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 go. I was never going to stop and buckle down and build that kind of a system myself. And I think you, you as well, you have that similar personality. There was just never was going to be a good month to say, all right, we're going to sit down and build us a complete production system and a finance system where it's all tied together and we can look at it once a week and make all the decisions and go on our, go on our way. <laughs> yeah, no, that was never going to happen. <laughs> I, I, there's always so many more interesting things that you will do first. Uh, not more important things, just, yeah. <laughs> that is, that's well said. So much more interesting things that you can do instead that will always <laughs> be that shiny object that says, Ooh, maybe I should play with this right now rather than do the thing that's maybe more important for the long term. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to ask you this, Darren, when you think about some of these non glamorous, maybe unsexy things, is there, is there an unexpected win in terms of uh, energy, creativity? Like, do you feel like having a better handle on these things makes you stronger, mighty nice stronger as a creative force? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that feeling of freedom is, um, is, is granted because you can look ahead on your cash flow document, for example, and, um, and, and say, oh, we could, we could put some money into um, uh, developing um, our pipeline there, or we could, you know, which again, doesn't sound that, <laughs> that creative, but it does, or, or, or a studio project that we can do for fun. We, I can see where we could do that, or when we can hire a new director to, to join the team. There's, there's a, there, there's a freedom and an excitement that you've got because you've got um, potential and you've got the um, resources to be able to do some of the stuff that you know you need to do um, to grow and keep, um, keep evolving creatively, but that you won't do unless you feel free to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious. Uh, do you remember? Good answer. <laughs> well, I'm trying to remember. You reminded me of a speech that Steve Jobs gave. Uh, I think it was a commencement speech that he gave at Stanford. Did you ever see that? Yeah. He, and That's he, it, I think it, it was when he was starting to face his mortality but he, there was this famous line that he said, you know, there's this funny thing about life that you realize that you can poke and prod and mold it to be what you want. Do you remember that line? And as you were talking, it made me think about how, again, I, when I say the phrase cash flow, I almost want to throw up in my mouth a little bit because it's, <laughs> it's so pedestrian, right? It's so non-creative speak. But I will say, being able to look into the future gives us this luxury where we can see things kind of coming at us a ways out and yeah. say, how do we feel about that? Do we like that? Do we not like that? Do we want to influence that? And, you know, of course I would say someone like Tina says, well, I love being able to say, we need this uh, render farm and we need these graphics cards and we need, you know, all these practical things that producers of course are screaming for, but to being able to plan all that within a context and know, yes, it's all there. We're just going to slowly, methodically create this future that we like. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, uh, I, love, I love that idea that you can um, see something ahead of you that could be molded because um, you're looking at it <laughs> um, coming up and, and instead of just being reactive, I guess. So, yeah, it's, um, 
yeah, it's a, it's it's difficult to get yourself into that zone where you you feel like there's any sort of crystal ball. It's a it's a mad industry, and the the, the things that are thrown at you can make it feel like I don't know what's happening tomorrow. I'm just gonna ride this ride this guy. It's a it's a beast, and uh, 2020 has definitely felt even more that way. You know, it's it's been uh, unpredictable and and a bit of a ride but um yeah i think i think if you are looking in a sort of bird's eye view or even even higher than that what's an orbital view <laughs> you can kind of a cosmic view you can uh, sort of have a have a vibe for the future that you want and and kind of mold it in a in a kind of a gentle way with little steps each day and yeah it's uh it's it's very satisfying so let's talk a bit you mentioned 2020 what has this year been like because we're recording this right as with, within a week or two we're gonna we're gonna put this nearly year over in the rearview mirror it's the year of the pandemic uh, right uh maybe just in a few words, I'm just curious to get your perspective. What's what's this year been like as you start oh, to reflect on it as in the past tense? Yeah, I mean, it's objectively, it's been a terrible year, right? I mean, it's been uh, massively disruptive and, and really a terrible time for so many people. I think uh, in, a, in Australia, where our studio is, in Sydney in particular, we've, um, we, we haven't been hit with uh the full force of the the virus and and the lockdowns and things so we've been quite um lucky but we've been working globally with a lot of partners in in LA and London and New York and we I feel day to, daily that I'm I'm chatting to people all around the world and empath empathizing and feeling feeling this thing it's it's quite heavy and I think it's um you know just the the general fears have been difficult for everyone, even if your health is in a good place. So, um, yeah. And, and it's, have it's you, uh, has it put a, did it put a different demand on you as the owner to at times speak into your team and whether it's reassure them or, uh, empathize yeah. with them or what have you did that, did that add another layer to your, already busy <laughs> responsibilities yeah i mean um, pretty much at the beginning immediately we we started you know we changed our, our our company motto to be nice stay mighty and we just wanted to be i, I guess it, it it sort of immediately broke down that um that that division between business and your home life or your or, or your sort of uh, professional side and your humanity. Um, and I guess for everyone, we needed to talk to each other in, in different ways. As, a, as the boss of the company, I needed to reach out to all of, all of my staff and make sure they're all um, feeling okay, more concerned about their mental health than I've ever been or their, their work from home setups. Um, yeah, so... Definitely, it it uh, it ch it changed that in our dealings with the the studio. Obviously, everyone had to work from home. There was a lot of um, change in the way we worked. Um, there were uh, concerns about whether we were going to have enough work. We didn't know at the beginning what was going to happen. Blah, blah blah. But you know, I guess it just um, on the on the positive side, it it you know creatively a shakeup like this is really exciting like it's it, it's a we we've been witnessing such a exciting creative time um you know and i'm hoping what comes out of it is that we sort of realize that you know our, our humanity uh can be talked about in a business um environment you know we, we need to be kind of like breaking down those those barriers and it's quite fun it allows you to be more creative be more fun 
and interesting and, and talk more uh, at, a, at a human level to all of your clients and your staff. And it's sort of, a, yeah, it, I, I guess, you know, it, it definitely changed the structure a little bit. You triggered a memory of me. One of my, uh, probably my favorite Nora Ephron film of all time was You've Got Mail, where the big businessman puts the little businesswoman out of business. And do you remember this moment in the when uh, when he says to her when uh, Tom Hanks says to Meg Ryan, "Well, it wasn't personal, you know, it was just business." <laughs> and she says, "What is that supposed to mean? I am so sick of that. All that means is that it wasn't personal to you, but it was personal to me, and it's personal to a lot of people. What's so wrong with being personal, anyways?" And I think that's actually a really great insight is this whole idea of it's just business. Well, no, business is made up of people. So everything yeah. we do is personal on some level. Yeah. And and I think it's been to the detriment of like being creative and and uh, to to have that it's just business kind of front when you're when you're chatting with with um clients or any anyone really. It's uh it, it it's it's great to be able to break through that. And I think, you know, Quite often we we try and we, we talk about breaking the ice and things. This uh this pandemic is just you know we're inside everyone's lounge rooms. Their kids are popping up on Zoom calls. There's stuff going on. There's no there's there's no uh sort of having a front anymore. This is uh you know this is what's an all kind of for for the good you know i mean a mirror has been held up to society and it's kind of exposed so much about our culture uh, you know the all of our, our celebrities are now becoming more human on instagram singing little songs and what you know come down off their pedestals but you know our our essential workers and the local fruit and veg guy your musicians singing from balconies they they're all they've all lifted our souls they've they've become heroes you know it's uh it's definitely been a big shift and it's it's cool and it from a from a creative perspective it's it's helped and, and been exciting so i like that and i hope that we come out of that this with the world having been a bit changed and that creative energy still in the air be you know that's yeah there's something liberating in what you're describing there that idea of uh maybe it's like a new level of egalitarianism is is almost the way i'm thinking of it in yeah. that the 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 fancy boss or c-suite person who works in the ivory tower well guess what now she's at home just like you are and her cat's walking through the background and her kid is interrupting her <laughs> and like we all live in this real world now and realize hmm, i guess you're a person i'm a person hey do you want to do you want to make something together? Do you want to do yeah. business? And that's, uh, there is something beautiful about that. And I'm with you. I hope that somehow we, we all take that away from this experience and we, it maybe forever impacts us going forward. And we don't just go back to our ivory towers when the pandemic is over. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so as well. I, I think, um, even just jumping onto the the time, I guess. Everyone's got a little bit more time at the moment too, which has made it easier to have nice little chats on Zoom and to enjoy our calls and enjoy our work in some ways. It's like, ah, oh, this is actually exciting. It's more exciting than just uh, sitting at home watching Netflix all the time. I, I like making animation and our clients love talking to, to us about it. And, you know, they're not too busy to fit in a big old creative chat and a bit of a brainstorm. It's, it's, it's cool. Now you, you just use the word enjoy and zoom in the same sense. <laughs> are, are you sure you're lucid? <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> I mean, we are all, we're all zoomed out, right? But no, yeah, that's, I, you make zoomed out. I, I do love though that you're, uh, you're, 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 you're reflecting on the silver linings, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to do another podcast about the, all the, all the terrible things that have been happening in, in 2020. So yeah, trying to look for, for, and, and, you know, our, our industry has done well ish or some people definitely have, 
as a whole, it's a it's a golden age for animation. Um, you know, it's been able to stay in production whilst a lot of live action productions have, have fallen over, etc. You know, it, yeah. and and just just uh, even before that, with the the streamers coming into power and and um, making animation for adults more interesting shows, it's kind of um, been an exciting time regardless of the pandemic i think so yeah it's uh i i do like to to rest on the silver linings and the and the good stuff that's happening um yeah well i will say that uh it's something about your personality right that that this idea behind mighty nice is something very personal to you it's not just a fancy cute or clever name for something that there is this nice and this mighty thing about what drives you. And I think it, it finds expression in the type of work that you do, but also in the way you run your business, right? Yeah. I think that's, that's the hope that we kind of treat everything a little bit. Um, you know, we're, we're creating interesting uh, films that uh, make you feel nice. They're doing some cool storytelling, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they, they, but, then our our phone calls around the films, the our dailies when we're like reviewing the animation, we want to we want to be we want to have a nice time through all of that and and be nice people and um, and do the kind of work that makes everyone feel good. It's uh you know it's I don't think it, it's it's changing the world um, every every little animated ad, but uh you know it's it's definitely a good approach to, to make it fun, have a laugh while you're doing it. And, um, you know, there, there are definitely some projects that are more powerful than others. And, and I think that there's during this sort of time of change, there's, there are amazing animations happening out there that I see. And, and we've been small parts of and done some of our own that are kind of echoing back or, or shining that mirror back on, on what's been happening. There are little, you know, gratitude films from Spotify or like a Black Lives Matter film from Beats. There's little sort of retellings of what's been happening that kind of an echoing and amplifying like the changes that we're all actually living. And, you know, if, for us to be able to play a small part of that storytelling zeitgeist is fun and interesting. It's cool. Um, but yeah, mostly we just try and have a laugh and keep it nice and deliver on time and make our clients happy. Um, yeah. And, and, and keep it, keep it cool for everyone. Well, I, <laughs> that's the you're reminding me there was, um, there was a short that, uh, uh, Jay Grandin and the folks at giant ant did called right now. That was this little moment, right? It, it had an expression of, a time and a place, right? That was about the the pandemic, but very subtle, very, very gentle, uh, not heavy handed. And I can remember when I watched it, 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 it really struck me. Like I, I really felt something. I choked up a little bit because I could, it connected with me on that level. And I'm reminded actually, I've got your, uh, what do you call this? A little promo book that you guys send out uh, occasionally. And I remember when you first sent me these materials, which again, I know, we would say these are marketing materials, but for me, honestly, I can remember flipping through this and just smiling and laughing and also like, Whoa, what is that? That, that looks so interesting. That's so fun. So maybe just for the casual observer, I know you're in the middle of all this. So you, you see this on a daily basis and perhaps you, (laughs) um, you're somewhat anesthetized to it, but I'll just say for the rest of us, when I got this, these materials, I said, Whoa, I cannot wait to help Darren and his team accomplish whatever it is they want to accomplish in the world because this, we just need more of this in our lives. <laughs> oh, thanks, Joel. Yeah, no, um, that's really nice to hear. I think uh, when you put it all together into a little book, it's amazing. You go, oh, I, I still do see it and go, oh, that's the variety of what we've, what we've done over you know, 13 years is, is, is pretty huge. But um, I did, oh man, I love that giant ant film as well. I think that's such a great, I mean, it's an incredible project that they've, and very inspiring to uh, to a studio owner like myself that they they 
would put the effort into building something that is artistically beautiful but also has something to say it's it's very cool yeah that's really a a neat uh example of you know how a studio can express itself in an artistic way and i guess i should plug the fact that jay and i did talk about that um a few podcasts episodes ago so if somebody's curious they should go check that out well let me let me ask this maybe uh question that as much as I say this is will, will maybe be our question to wrap up with, it's kind of a big one. <laughs> so <laughs> you you tell me your thoughts on this question, and that is, as we're hopefully moving into, and I'm saying hopefully, I'm knocking on wood over here right now, uh, a post-COVID uh, world. What are you most excited about for for your you know for yourself, obviously, but for Mighty Nice? Oh yeah, I, I I think like I was talking about just before that there's been a bit of a um, a change happening, um, just creatively. Uh, it feels like a really interesting time where um, we've been doing just just operating in a slightly different way. That's quite f- exciting. There's a that creative energy that's in the air. I'd, I'd like that that sticks around i like the idea that that sort of um a lot of the uh i guess you know it's it's just sort of high this time has highlighted how much we rely on creativity in our day-to-day lives like even just being able to watch (laughs) all these awesome shows on netflix at the moment um is is for our mental health when you're in lockdown it's it's incredible you know and i i've seen um you know it's been kind of sad though live musicians um performers you know dance it's it's all suffered a a fair bit because of 2020 and they're the first sort of to take the take a hit but seeing those guys adapt so well as well has been really exciting like you know cabaret performers doing live zoom events or whatever it's it's uh it's kind of amazing and um inspiring and i think it's it's opened up like tons of other um avenues to to get your your art out there and i hope that we sort of uh keep some of those going and keep that kind of um agile flexibility in the way we work people working from home working in the studio um, reaching out to different artists across the world all of this sort of stuff's really exciting as well i think um yeah i i hope we uh i hope we 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 keep adapting and we take lessons out of all the cool stuff that we've seen that has changed just due to the fact that we had to change (laughs) Mm -hmm. um yeah uh, yeah, I heard that... you. Well, I heard you say a really interesting line in there about relying. I, I jotted it in my notes here, um, so I wouldn't forget it. Relying on creativity in our daily lives, and I thought, oh, wow. Yeah, it, I think it's almost what I heard you saying was there's maybe p- perhaps been a discovery of when you go through a season like this as a planet <laughs> that we realize, yes, creativity the arts story, all these things become even more important in a way to us, more meaningful perhaps. Absolutely. And you know, it's, um, I feel like that creativity in our day-to-day lives is, um, it's just come to the front, hasn't it? And the, like, I remember at the start of the whole lockdown and, and the virus and things, whilst it was, it was terrifying. Everyone's running, for home scrubbing groceries not sure how dangerous it is there were also so many funny memes and jokes i've never laughed so much in my life at at some of the things that were were happening at the at the beginning there and well here's the thought i was having as you talked about those memes is it's it is absolutely true that misery loves company right and we've all had these moments where we've 
been in uh, solidarity with one another over the stock stocking up on toilet paper or whatever <laughs> the latest thing is and it's a it's a tremendous source of humor now as we hopefully are <laughs> seeing things slowly come back to normal um well darren i think we should wrap up and i am going to just say it's been a pleasure i really appreciate you not only taking the time but i also just appreciate you as a a kind and generous human being and it's been a complete thrill of course uh being able to work with you and the team uh over these past months so thanks so much for hopping on this podcast and sharing all these crazy ideas with uh, our industry <laughs> thanks so much joe it's uh yeah it's been an absolute pl pleasure working with you and thanks for having us on the podcast it's um it's an honor so i've i've uh loved every minute of chatting with you um, now and, and during all our chats throughout the year. It's been, been awesome. You've been listening to the Rev Thinking Podcast. 